0: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to OCA's Asiatown Voice. We are an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We're on here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. This hour-long program provides you with an inside look at the Asian American and Pacific Islander Americans' community, their culture, education, and events going on in Northeast Ohio. OCA Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another installment of Asia Town Voice, OCA Asia Town Voice. My name is Yin. My host name is Bossy Lady. In studio with me is DJ Alexicon and Lisa Wong. Hello. And floating around somewhere is DJ Johnny Woo.
1: Which, who is the ghost host? The ghost host. We need the name for uh, Lisa. We do. Yeah, DJ Prezi.
0: No, she's Madam President. Yeah, DJ Prezi, Madam President <laughs> DJ Prezi right. sounds a little bit hip. And for those of you tuning in the first time, Lisa is the president of OCA yes, Cleveland. Yes, and, and she's
1: always humble about it. I noticed that she's during meetings, humble. she says, I'm just a professional volunteer. But I think, Lisa, <laughs> you need volunteer. to let people know that you're the yeah. OCA president so that if they have any concerns at that moment, they know who to you know, talk to immediately.
0: And uh, OCA stands for Organization for Community Advocacy. Am I correct? Is that
2: um, it originally stands for Organization of Chinese Americans, but since then it's been rebranded to be OCA Asian American Advocates. So it's actually still... OCA Asian Pacific American Advocates. So OCA still <laughs> holds true. Is that... I think they hold OCA because there's less letters involved. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier to remember. But is that
1: the correct uh, definition, though? Organization for Community af- Action. Activity?
2: It is. It has been discussed. It's just OCA. They just don't want to keep. Because that's how people know us as OCA. Mm-hmm. So nationally, they do—they're retaining that OCA. So our national office is OCA Asian Pacific American Advocates. So we are the local chapter, and even, it's still OCA Greater Cleveland is what our chapter is. So we still retain the OCA GC because that's on our website. So gotcha. if someone
1: asks uh, me, "Hey, Alex, what does OCA mean?" Because a lot of people are seeing that uh, you know I'm involved with the radio and they're listening to me. And uh, I just tell them to listen to the radio show.
0: <laughs> we, we can say our channel is full of awesome people. <laughs> I know. Awesome people. Hey, I like that. That's Always great for the radio. Full of awesome people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if radio technically has channels. Does it? It does. It does. Yeah, okay, yeah. I thought it was a station.
1: Yeah, but if you go technical discussion, there is a channel.
0: Gotcha. Well, without further ado, after that uh, in detail discussion, in detail discussion of, OCA, of OCA, I would like to drum roll, please. Mm. We would like to introduce our special guest
3: today, which is Margaret Wong. How are you? I'm very good, and thanks for introducing me and inviting <laughs> me here. It's a beautiful studio.
0: Thank you very much. It's an honor to have you here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like maybe a fun tidbit that nobody
3: else really knows? Oh, I don't know. It was fun, <laughs> but. It's when I hear about o- OCA and about when I see you and Lisa, I remember I've lived in Cleveland for 40 years. Wow. wow. And, in, and OCA was a national organization. Alex Mark brought them to Cleveland. In those days, we have, it's like 35 years ago, we have the Greater Cleveland Chinese Association. Mm-hmm. And Professor Ko is one of our first president. And I was his secretary. <laughs> so speaking about Professor Ko, he have, I don't know hundreds of articles published. He's a Case Western um, uh, professor. And he just moved to California just about three months ago. Oh. And we had a big party for him. He's like in the 90s now. Mm-hmm. And his children are all grown. And I still remember in those days when we have our Chinese Association meeting, we didn't have money to buy lunches or dinners. So Mrs. Cole would make dinner for us, so we can go to his house for meetings. <sighs> and look at us now. And then that organization merged with the OCA, yes. and the young people like you kids are taking over. Wow, it's awesome. <laughs> that is great. Yes, it's always
1: great.
0: Well, uh, the only thing is when you, if we're ever to cook, don't invite DJ Lexicon.
1: What? <laughs> I bring the freshest ingredients.
2: We had a potluck. Freshest and, ingredient. And Alex brought. A raw salmon for the host to prepare. Yes. <laughs> and, he, like, and he didn't come early, so oh, I
0: had to. The party was already going. <laughs> and
1: the other party, what did I bring? I brought rice.
0: And it was uncooked rice. Oh. <laughs> See, I,
3: I, ah, I know at least that, he brought something. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I left true. it to the host to, be to do whatever, be creative <laughs> with what my offering is for that uh,
3: party. And that's one thing nice about our community. We don't have that many. People in town, Asians.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, in those days, the Chinese we divided into Taiwanese, PRC, Hong Kong. But nowadays, I mean, we are all together. Mm-hmm. And then we have Nanam uh, Kunz. I hope I don't know if you remember him, uh, David, Mr. and Mrs. Kun. David and, and Frank Nam Kun. Yes. They are the first Chinese or Korean family. He's Korean, she's Chinese, that lived and worked in Shaker Heights. Hmm. And now their daughter is a lawyer in DC and they, we are all getting up in age. So mm-hmm. when I see you kids, but in those days there's a very clear divide, Koreans, Filipinos, Vietnamese, Laos, Cambodians, Japanese, now we, we are a lot more together, mm-hmm. you know, through the Pacific and the Asian groups. That's very good.
0: Now, yes. do you think it's the advocacy groups that really helps promote this change to help the,
3: I don't want to call it integration, but the, the mixing and the sharing of cultures? Uh, Absolutely, the advocacy groups plus the young people are coming up
2: Mm -hmm. and
3: they don't have the history, the burden of, you know, the rape of Nanjing, the the Mm -hmm. Korean War from 51 to 53, the Filipinos joining America, fight against the Japanese and then the Chinese and the Germans. See, young people don't have that history. There was a time um, the Chinese in America were divided into... Are you from Taiwan? Or even the Taiwanese, are you from mainland or are you from Taiwan?
1: I remember that. When I right, was a student yeah, in the 90s um, at Cleveland State, the people that I met, I hear them saying, oh, I'm from mainland or I'm from Taiwan. Right, right. There's a distinction.
3: Was it That's really right. that big of a deal? It's a big I, deal during that ooh, time. I, really? It's very big deal. the <laughs> Mandarin deal. is different. Yeah. Just they speak more fluent, the Taiwanese people, because they're more from mountain people. See, I'm already... Uh, Looking like a racist But, <laughs> no. but, but they, uh, no, no Margaret You're just uh, stating what it was before Yeah that's right But now it has really changed mm-hmm. Yes And anyway, when I hear Sherrod Brown Our senator talk about Oh we need to separate mainland and Taiwanese I say who gave you that idea Because I'm the one who wants to promote The reunification of you know, Taiwan and PRC And Hong Kong of course went back to China But there's still ideas out there Mm-hmm. Saying that Taiwan it's its own place, which re- it really was in the 1900s, mm-hmm. but now is the 21st century. You know, so it's really interesting to talk about history and yeah. yes.
1: Um, b- before we continue to all our listeners, um, Margaret Wong is an immigration lawyer. Oh, who's yeah. been in Cleveland <laughs> for, <laughs> sorry, sorry, for many many years, and um, we assumed that. Well, of course, Margaret Wong is uh, famous almost nationwide. The whole country, because uh, she's taken different cases in the past before that may have that may have had some national coverage. Mm-hmm. But she's an immigration lawyer; has been based in Cleveland for many many years. And I'm not sure if she remembers, but I was one of her clients in the <laughs> 90s uh, when she was in the old building in uh, Public Square.
3: Oh, well, thank part. you. <laughs> yes,
1: and she did a great job.
0: Oh. Thank One you. of my Peruvian co-workers actually told me she went to you as well, and this was only less than five years ago. So, in the
1: little story and how I uh, I came to be Margaret's client, I I, I don't think uh, she knows this, but uh, when I needed an immigration lawyer, I didn't know anybody, so I went to the yellow pages and I looked at the <laughs> lawyers, and uh, there's a, oh wow, it's an Asian sounding name, so I think I'm gonna go with her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, thank so. you. And then I just showed up in the building. I, I where's this? building in downtown. I drove around <laughs> and around and somewhere here, this big entrance and there, there it is.
3: But in the early I started practicing in 76, 77. In those days, Asians don't use Asian lawyers because we are perceived as powerless. So oh. it's not until the late like 80s or even mid to late 90s. Now it's also in the legal world. It's interesting. The Mexican people like to use Mexican lawyers. The Puerto Ricans like to use the Puerto Rican lawyers. The Chinese like to go to a Chinese lawyer because they really trust them. They felt they have the same experience. But in my early days, if they come, if an Asian go to an Asian lawyer, Chinese go to a Chinese lawyer, they want serious discount or they feel it should be free because they are powerless. So they thought, oh, so we are powerless. (laughs) And the first people they want to go to are the Jews. The second people are the white people the white males then the third of uh, the black African Americans and then afterwards is a black African Americans they would never go to a Latino also
1: very interesting
3: oh yeah so
1: I never knew that
3: <laughs> oh yeah and also because of my last name is a Wong because I am 100% Chinese um, even when I represent Chinese or anybody in the American embassy overseas in America I'm okay because you know I'm one of the first generation foreign born lawyers I'm pretty you know well-known. But when I represent people from overseas in the Chinese consulate in Guangzhou or in, you know, Mexico City or in Paris or something, when they see a Chinese name, they automatically assume you are paralegal. You don't speak good English. So really having the OCA groups and stuff really help people like us also grow in our statute, in our uh, You know, thinking, give us the confidence to go on ahead with it. Because otherwise, it's like, what good is it if you're a good lawyer and people don't come to you for your service? You don't have the chance Mm -hmm. to practice your craft, Mm -hmm. you know. So I look at you guys, young people, and I thought, my gosh, what we had to go through. And your parents had to go through to bring you all here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Margaret's uh, generation laid the foundation.
3: Absolutely. yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: It sounds it's that okay. way. Now, do right. you think those perceptions um, in the 70s and 80s, do you think it reflected how um, our country in general viewed those different
3: I don't demographics, I guess you would say? Because most of the people, my generation, because in those days, we don't have Google, we don't have um, Chrome and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They don't know there's a difference. Like Japanese are not Chinese. Chinese are not Singaporean Chinese. And Malaysia and Indonesia part of it became Singapore. See, they don't know all that. So it resulted in uh, when the Japanese industry took over Detroit. Mm-hmm. So we all remember how a Asian man was, was killed or murdered by people who thought he's Japanese. Mm-hmm. He's a Chinese. Mm-hmm. And we still remember how the scientists in California in the labs were like, they thought they were giving secrets or the government thought they were giving secrets to China because in those days the rising tiger is coming up so they thought oh these people are friends in China so of course they, give, uh, they gave secret but now in the past 10-15 years times really have changed I think it's not as I shouldn't say racist it's not as misunderstanding because mm-hmm. now at least people know there's a difference yeah. Different people, and I think there's culture. a lot more
1: awareness. And also, That's the right. Cleveland Asian Festival helps.
3: Yes, in absolutely. It's <laughs> <Yes.
0: laughs>
1: a little mini plug. There. Yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> Cleveland Asian Festival. Now, what do you think? Um, was it just the widespread information, internet use? Um, is that what you think credits this change in understanding, this growing understanding with the general population? Plus,
3: I think the children of immigrants grew up. So they understand what. And how people go through. As mm-hmm. When we were young professionals, there were no. We couldn't find mentors because there's no people older than I am. Mm-hmm. Or if they are my mentors, they are they are American born, so they don't think. Because American born Chinese, I think, are very different from foreign born Chinese. That's when people don't like me. I never thought it's discrimination. I just assume it's because they don't like me.
2: Oh. Because <laughs> look
3: at a mirror. I mean, I I came from majority. Versus the minor like James Chen, mm-hmm. a Cleveland lawyer, also a very, very good lawyer. Mm-hmm. He's American-born, and he would bring me to Oberlin because in those days, Oberlin have very good foreign student advisors, and they're very into the whole discrimination seminars and stuff. So he's the one who opened my eyes and said, oh, yeah, you're right. I mean... Because we, I don't, foreign-born Chinese normally we're not that worried about discrimination, mm-hmm. people not liking us. We just see it as well. It is what it is, and we go on with it.
0: That's interesting because yes. I, I didn't. You're right. I was born in China, and even though I came here when I was younger, I never really thought I was different. I thought, I thought I was white. I guess you could right. say, but I didn't know it. It's not something. There's no. Uh, I really racial... thought about. Yeah, because like, I mean, I was like that too when before really? I came
1: here. Yeah, it doesn't matter really. I only became aware of, my, honestly speaking, became aware that I'm kind of Asian when I started <laughs> living, <laughs> because in the Philippines it's like you know there's uh-huh. like foreigners, but we never looked at them differently except they speak funny English, of course. Right, right, right. But when I came here, it, it was more pronounced in the late '80s. So
0: yeah, because we were born into a, a culture where there were people around us who were yeah. understanding of and, the way. And we, we
1: watch were, a lot so. of Western movies. There's a lot of different races in in those movies, and we don't see them. We we were color blind. We just yeah. see the movie and ad- admire the actors. But we never, we never talked about, uh, oh, he's white, he's black, he's right, Chinese. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And Lisa, I know you were kind of giving like That's an right. odd look. That's right. We're all looking at Lisa. how is <laughs> yes, yeah. well, Lisa, 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 Lisa doing again? I, Yes, <laughs>
2: I am American-born. I was born and raised in Cleveland. And growing up, I – because everyone in my class were all white. And you grow up thinking that you're no different. But then the only way you're different is when they pick on you and point you out that you're different. So I I was really quiet in school because I didn't want to draw attention to myself because if I did, it'd be negative attention. Mm -hmm. So I was quiet for a very long time. And it wasn't until college that I started speaking up more because I met other people like me, you know, Chinese descent, but born in America or raised in America. So there is a difference there is a difference and I can see how people have changed that you know it's because of those people like Margaret who came before us who laid the groundwork. you know just getting just having people know that you know there are professionals out there who are of Asian descent who are no different who do quality work that really helps mm-hmm. right mm-hmm.
0: now is it because of these experiences that help you shape your decision
3: to become an immigration lawyer uh, I actually got into the field by luck oh. and necessity oh. because... Oh, this
1: should be interesting.
3: Oh, because um, when I first started, I keep getting fired. I must have five or six <laughs> jobs that I kept getting fired I mean, on. as a lawyer or yes, something Yes, as else? a lawyer. Oh, really? <laughs> because it, that was 1976, 1977. It's very so loss. That's right. We're all lost. It was the height of the Vietnam era. The oh. students are turning against it. And, and um, so I just couldn't hold down a job. So... One day, my sister said, why don't you just start on your own? Because every time you get a job, by the time you're paid, you already lost a job. So I said, oh, that <laughs> sounds good. So I started out doing, uh, you know, everything. And it's only maybe two years later that I looked into immigration because in the 70s, nobody does it. It's weird to remember the Civil Rights Act came in 64. The Color Quota Act came in 65, and then that's when people like us came to America. The Mexicans, the Latino people, is considered white. If you check the fingerprint, they're all white people.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Asians are colored people, and we mm. are the Eastern Hemisphere because mm-hmm. that's why. If you look at the Irish, uh, the Jewish people, the, the Germans, they all came before. Uh, a lot of them are really second, third, fourth generation. Yes, mm-hmm. because that they time. because the Color Quota Act allowed people like us to come. It's mm-hmm. just like how uh, Gladwell wrote in his book Outliers Blink is the time you are born. And I lucked out because I came to America in nineteen sixty nine, right after the color pulled act. Mm-hmm. And I went to law school in seventy three and seventy six, right when the women are coming up the ranks, um, people of all color and Vietnam War brought up, you know, the Asian people and a lot of the soldiers came back with Eurasian children. And, wives and also. Laos and Cambodia came in, and that's the time I came. Well, <laughs> uh, I during to, that time, Margaret,
1: yes. you you were already in Cleveland, or were you in a different state?
3: Oh no, I lived in Iowa, Chicago. Oh, in those days when you go when you to, were starting, that's yes, when you yes. When you go to school, there's no dormitories that's open in the summers and the in the holidays because there's no foreign student. Oh, so every holiday, like Christmas, Thanksgiving, I have to go somewhere. And I have to move out and move back into a dorm. So, and, but that's good because it forces me to experience America. So I lived in most of all the states. Whoever would take me in, I will go live with them. And I yeah. worked and, and I learned. Yes.
0: It's really exciting.
3: <laughs> it is exciting.
0: Uh, um, I don't know if I would be able to do anything like that. Oh, <laughs> just come just on. To start on my own. <laughs> yes, you yeah.
1: can. Yes. yes, you can. I remember I, I came here as an international student. And I didn't know anybody, so except yeah. my we relatives. did it,
3: yes. <laughs> and look at you now, Alex. It's awesome.
0: Yes. I, I guess I'm kind of spoiled. I had the best of both worlds. I had the benefit of being born in another country, but then I had also the benefit of being raised in this country. Yeah. So I'm not, just I don't a,
1: have. Just across the street. In yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Actually, yeah, I grew up on thir- 30th or 30th. Thirtieth, yes, I grew up on Thirtieth Street. See? The house is still there. Yeah. It's not green anymore, we're though. <laughs> when I
3: know your parents. That makes me more embarrassed. I remember you as a child. Oh my gosh, oh, yeah. yes, you
1: were yes. probably outside while I was driving towards Wong Sunan, eating my dinner, and probably this, you know, looking at yeah. my. <laughs> when the
0: entrance to Dave's supermarket was on the corner exactly. of like yep. Payne and Thirtieth, yep. I remember that. I remember when they walled it up. I used to. Imagine I could walk through the bricks and the bricks would magically open like the door used to open. So
3: (laughs) I had an accent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was three years old, so I
0: kind of yeah grew up over here. Now you have many offices across the U.S. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do
3: you visit them and
0: all often, or are
3: you mostly in Cleveland? uh, I go to New York every Monday. I go to Columbus practically every Friday, but definitely alternate Fridays. Every two or three weeks, I have to go to Nashville, Atlanta, and Chicago Mm -hmm. because um, we have local people to help them, but I schedule my days very early. So if the clients want to see me or their lead lawyer, Mm -hmm. I'm always there in those days so they they can book their appointments early. It's really sort of fun what I do because... Um, it's a very cerebral practice with immigration law. It's very different from like family law, criminal law. It's probably the second highest or hardest law aside from tax law. Really? Yeah, Yeah, the tax laws. I think
1: the the law (laughs) changed a lot after 9-11. That's right. It changed a lot. And there's a lot of, uh, well, I speak for the Filipino community and there's a lot of misconception. They say, oh, it's easy to do this, it's easy to do that. And I say, no, I better hire a lawyer because uh, things have changed. It's changing Mm -hmm. every day. It's not... Department of Immigration anymore. It's Homeland, Homeland Security. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so even though I'm an I'm an American citizen, now, I still keep tabs on the immigration law because I went through that system, which is a little mm-hmm. bit different uh, during my time.
3: Right. It's it's very different now because another thing is the Widow Act came in, Child Protection Act, CSPA come in. Um, in the olden days, both parents had to be citizen for the child to become a citizen. Now you need only one. And if they're not even married, it could be uh, the child a certain date of birth could be a citizenship. So things really are pretty difficult. It's not like what people think, oh my parents are green card holder, I could become a green card. It's oh, no wow. longer like that. Yes.
1: Now when you expanded your office to different states, was this a plan or was this just um, necessary that you were that you need to expand because there were a lot more clients?
3: I um, I lucked out because my protege actually both her name is Margaret Chen. My name is Margaret Wong. <laughs> Actually, my married name is Chen, so I always thought she's me. So she ran for judge in New York, and the last we so every weekend I was flying to New York to help her pass out brochures, raise money, you know, help her out. And we never thought she would win. I mean, I always thought, oh my gosh, Margaret, you know, it's just a dream. Let's do it. But the uh, the final three days, we realized, my gosh, you know, we're gonna win. So I babysat her law firm. I helped her buy this law firm out from Ben Gim, the grandfather of immigration law Mm -hmm. in New York. So actually, his partner is the uncle of Laura Hong, another Cleveland Asian lawyer Mm -hmm. with Gary Sanders, Laura. So Ben wanted me to buy his practice years ago, but I couldn't. My children were too young, and I just couldn't travel So Margaret Chan bought it, and I hand-wrote the agreement with Margaret to (laughs) present it to him. So I babysat Margaret's practice for like six months, and nobody wants it. So I just took it from her. I just bought it from her. So that started on New York firm. That's more than 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. So every city, we have a story how <laughs> <laughs> we took over or we just started a small practice. How did you dominate moved. Columbus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love I like Columbus. to hear that because it's close by. <laughs> yeah. How did you know we're pretty big now in Columbus? I didn't know any Cleveland.
1: Margaret, no. I follow your website since
3: I came from that. <laughs> He's a you know. fan. Can you tell? And, you know,
1: motivations, <laughs> we held our events at your. Oh, you so sweet. In
3: a <laughs> Thank you. We don't advertise in, Adento, uh, in Columbus. We just go there. It's been like 20 years, but pretty, mm-hmm. we're very, very busy in, in Columbus. Yes. That's good. But one thing nice about being Asian is that we're amongst our own people. We don't need to be boastful. You know, I even mm-hmm. forgot that I'm an immigration lawyer when I'm with you guys. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I think in the Western culture, you have to be. You know, you have to tell individualism. In our culture, it's more we want to be the same.
1: Mm-hmm. It you know? was like a sense of camaraderie. That's right. I that's think right. so. That's the word that I was looking for. I'm
3: that's still right. kind of
0: curious about the Columbus story because <laughs> 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 Alex used the word dominate. So <laughs> <laughs> we
3: we are like uh, we have a lot a lot of Mexican Latino clients, even in the in the immigration world. The Central Americans are very different from the South Americans. Is very different from. People like the Mexicans, El Salvadorians, the Guatemalans, the Cubans are different from uh, Hmm. Haitians. The Haitians are different from from the Venezuelans, the Brazilians, the Peruvians. They're more vain. I shouldn't say negatively arrogant, but they're positively arrogant because they're more educated. Mm -hmm. Their country used to have money. Um, The Colombians, they're very tough because of the whole drug trade and how American You know what? I
1: noticed this within uh, the Hispanic or the South American people. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, 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 there's like specific... Um how do you describe it? If you're from this, traits. Yeah, specific traits for it, because uh, because of Dragon Boat, I met a lot of uh, people from South American countries, Colombians, Peruvians, and they have this distinct. Uh, it's hard to to pinpoint. I can't Alex, even describe it. how did
3: it. you know? I know. <laughs> I them. How do you know?
1: Well, just just by talking to them, and oh then when I'm chatting with them, they're gonna say something. Oh, the Colombians are blah blah blah. I know how I know. they. And then they're... I don't believe them. And then when I started. Interacting with them, oh my god, it's true, and they say something about the, the other,
3: <laughs> right? And it's not racism. No, it's not. It's just a yeah, uh,
1: unique uh, personalities of each uh, hmm. nation, South American. That's nation
3: That's right, and it's very open about it. Like a uh, Mexican would come in and say, and I'll mention something. Oh, you must be mistaken. Look at your file. I'm not Peruvian. I'm Mexican. Mexican. <laughs> they, say, always, okay, okay. Yeah. they always okay.
1: They always <laughs> stress where where they're from. Like, oh, I'm Colombian. I'm Colombian. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah.
0: So it's yeah. almost like to help you understand that there is like an umbrella trait that covers all of them. Yeah. So it's oh, like, yeah, like an yeah. identity. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Oh, I do remember. I, well, It's not too negative. I don't think. I know that uh, I was told by a South American and a Mexican that they kind of they don't look down, but they kind of think that the Argentinians are
3: pompous. Is, yes. that, is that is that true? Anyway, I think they are. I wasn't yep. sure. <laughs> right. They are because they think. You know they control the the culture market because ah. argentinians are very wealthy cultural people mm-hmm. and the only reason why i knew is because one of our staff members in our Nashville office is argentinian oh really and i was <laughs> asking i said how come in atlanta we have and especially in columbus we have so many mexicans which i adore because i'm learning spanish i love mm-hmm. their music and and you know which i just adore them but in nashville we get a lot more the Peruvians. She said, oh, I forgot to tell you, I'm from Argentina and Mexican people don't like us and I don't necessarily like them also. I said, wow, it doesn't mean they don't come to our law firm. So so we had a really fun discussion. So now we have another Mexican speaking, American-born staff. So, the Argentina and the Mexican speaking and they can tell like when you do a radio show they could tell your Mexican yeah, language they, wow. they yes. for me I couldn't but
1: they, they can they
3: can <laughs> oh Alex so do you speak Spanish then?
1: Uh, un poquito oh, oh <laughs> yes yes yeah great yeah. But um, oh, for 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 our listeners, Margaret Wong doesn't only represent uh, Hispanics and Asians. She also represents Europeans.
3: Yes, yes,
1: because uh, they might have the uh, the wrong idea that oh, Margaret Wong only represents <sighs> Asians. No, no, she represents everybody. Everybody
3: Thank who's you. not a U.S. citizen, right? Yes. <laughs> if you have issues, yeah. And you know it's so cute because we do a lot of Indian cases, and mm-hmm. the, and you have Gujarat. Of a Modi came from Gujarat. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of Patel. Patel, my. I always Patel tell is my, the Smith of uh, that's India That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. And are, most of them from Gujarat. I always tell them I want, I want to be the world's biggest, greatest, and the best Patel lawyer. Because they have their <laughs> own culture. They always come to. They normally come to America illegally. Mm-hmm. And they hardly ever show up for the hearing, so they get a final order of in abstention deportation. They don't wow. show up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're, uh, yeah that's, that's... that's weird. It's just hotels. <laughs> <laughs> and then somehow they marry and divorce and marry oh and the a child. It's just like the Fujiao from China. So it's I tease them, you know, and it's a pretty open thing. But one thing nice is a lot of. Uh, lawyers doesn't like to represent Indian people because they're very tough negotiators. They also speak very good English, mm-hmm. most of them. So they normally, they're very tough yes, consumers. Yes. But I don't mind because once you get to know them and trust them and they trust you,
1: they're they good listen friends. to you. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah they're very mm. good friends. They invite you to your wedding. Do you know this?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you notice a lot of uh, increase of uh, Indian clients because there's a lot of outsourcing in the IT department yes. in the oh, Cleveland yeah. area in the in the IT industry?
2: Well, I think right. the Indian population is quite large now in the greater Cleveland area. That's right, and they are a lot more
3: politically active than we are.
1: Oh, yes. interesting!
3: Yeah, very active politically. That's why the the chancellor of the Ohio education system is of Indian descent. The surgeon general is of Indian descent. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, yeah, and the uh, the attorney general of the in New York. Is of Indian descent. He's the hmm. one who picked up all the Indian, the insider. He also picked up a lot of Chinese. Oh. That's why foreign-born people doesn't necessarily like him because it's like he knows he's foreign, so he knows, I guess, all the tricks of a foreign person. <laughs> <And> <laughs> <hate him> for <laughs> that. Our people, I would like, say, what are you guys doing? You know, without us, he won't even be there to start with. But that's okay. I mean, he's doing his job. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So I guess um, you probably have some pretty interesting days at work. Um,
0: Is there any stories you can tell us or share with us without... Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's client confidentiality, but is there any story where you can ambiguously share with us that'll give us, like, a little laugh or something
3: to entertain us? Something interesting, (laughs) an interesting story. yeah, I represent uh, the auntie and uncle of Obama. President Obama. Oh wow! <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. I think yeah. that was in TV in the TV it several years NDR ago. It was too. My husband forgot about that. So um, basically, what happened is um, my we do a lot of Kenyan cases in the whole country through the years. Because Kenyan Kenya is very different from Nigeria. It's very it's very different. I mean, we couldn't compare. It different from Sudan, North Sudan, South Sudan, who split a few years ago. Very different from. Ethiopia, I mean, it's just different because Kenya is like very educated and their people are very good runners. So I do a lot of Kenyan runners. So my Ke- Kenyan minister called me one night and very secretive because he's my old friend for like 30 years. And he said, Margaret, I need you to meet a lady, but I couldn't tell you his name. I said, okay, I figure I won't know any names anyway because I'm only Chinese, I'm not Kenyan so this lady came in on a cane very tall, handsome I shouldn't say she's beautiful or pretty but she's very handsome she walked in with my minister friend and pretty hush hush and it's only like few days before the election that I found out she's really trying to run away from her housing project because Mm -hmm. the news media found out and is using her to derail the, you know, I shouldn't say derail but to get President Obama's um, birthplace and his and his Kenyan father, you know because he she's the half sister of the father.
0: Okay Yes.
3: Yeah, so um, so I have to be very quiet about it, but of course my job is to help her get a green card. It's mm-hmm. not so much to protect the president, but we became very good friends.
2: Mm-hmm. and then
3: afterwards I represented the uncle after I won her case. It took me like two years to win. And I have to be very quiet about it because we're not supposed to have talked to the White House. We, we cannot do this. We cannot do that. Um, so, and then when we represent the uncle, the uncle is very different from the auntie. Mm-hmm. The uncle, even though they came from same parents, the uncle is very quiet, a very proud African man. I don't think, because he came in the 60s.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. He
3: thinks like an American black man. He's very proud. He doesn't need to ask for favors. He makes good money. He worked in a store for years and years. He would build a whole business, but not under his own name. Because, in fact, he worked for my Indian clients. Oh. <laughs> so, um, And the family just adores him. And he lives with another friend of mine in Boston. He's so different from her. She's a lot more outspoken. She would just take a train and come to Cleveland and meet with us on strategy of the case. He's like, Margaret, whatever you do is fine. Oh. he's an early morning person. He'll call me at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, and we'll talk, we're done with it. She'll, she won't even get up until 12 o'clock in the n- afternoon, or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Like uh, night and day. That's right. So it's a very interesting um, dichotomy between those two. right? So that was a fun... Um, and just the fact that we couldn't tell the world. I mean, we couldn't even file our paperwork to tell immigration mm-hmm. that we are representing her because immigration is watching, and I was afraid she'll be put in jail. Stuff like that. It's really wow. not fair because if she was not the end of the president, I could have done this case very fast. But because of the who she is, it right. made my job harder.
0: Wow, um, that's so, intense. Yeah. Well, I'm glad everything worked out.
3: Yeah, and. uh nice.
0: Yeah, something that I found out was that Obama has a brother that lives in Shanghai and has been there most of his life. Right. I didn't know that. and He, right. he plays the piano. I, I don't know if that's his profession, but I know he's well known for his piano playing there. Uh-huh. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, this is our halfway point. We're going to take a break and we'll be back with more. <laughs> ¶¶ Ladies and gentlemen, and this is Yin, whose host name is DJ Bossy Lady. Long story, and DJ Alexicon is in the house. Woot, woot. And Madam President Lisa Wong is in the house. DJ yes. Prezi, <laughs> DJ Prezi, and once again we're back with our special guest Margaret Wong
1: and uh, Madame Prezi. Uh, what What are the other events that's going on this
2: week? Well, there's another Lunar New Year celebration, but it'll be at CSU. It's in co- partnership with many other organizations in the Cleveland area and that one is February 28th. I think it starts at 1.30. There'll be a community, a community event and uh, with performances and tables and games and activities. Will and there be paper cutting? I think so. There's I think awesome. there's a paper cutting.
1: Will there be Chinese lanterns?
2: There's some dinners and those you have to
3: have tickets for. Sorry about that. I, and and it just, just came out. And a wonderful restaurant. Yes. Yes. The owner is Donna Hong. And she came as a waitress like forty, fifty years ago. Wow. And she has four sons now and she built first restaurant call it's called uh Kingwa and then started Howa and then Liwa and her son is managing the whole mall now. That she Asia really Plaza. started as a little rest as a as a- Yes,
2: and it's better to make reservations because they are very popular. They do this every year. So all their customers know when the lion dance comes to their restaurant. So Make your reservations. Make sure you get there early so you get a good seat. And I th- our list for the, uh, the schedule is on the OCHEC website, so
3: org. And also bring if you have a chance. Most restaurants already have some red envelopes. If not, just go to Chinatown and buy red. Em- it's really reasonable. It's like one or two dollars for you know a for lot. For a big
1: bundle, yeah, right.
3: And you bring a lot of like fifty cents, a quarter, a dollar, two dollars. Put that in the red envelope and feed it to the lion because that gives you luck. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. and
3: then yes. and then at the end when the lion takes the oranges, I'm not supposed to release all these secret. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So keep giving the lion like the coins, the dollar bills, because it. The more you give, the more you get for the whole year. Oh. I mean, that's a myth that we are brought up with it, and it's interesting when earlier you all talk about you know all the all these celebrations, and um. And about Captain Captain Kirk, Kirk uh, Captain, Captain Kirk, Kirk. <laughs> foreign-borns <laughs> like us. And I'm, i bet you, I'm not the only one. All your parents probably don't know all this. Foreign-borns <laughs> don't understand jokes. We don't get it. <laughs> we don't understand. What's Captain The Walking Kirk. Dead? She's <laughs> probably wondering. Oh, that's, right, that's right. What? Just don't get it. <laughs> so when I hear you guys, I'm like, whoa. And then when you talk about that. Uh, you know, the food that you were saying. Oh, I was Yeah, we have, we have four Asians in the room. And <laughs> only I know because I'm a foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> kids are like, oh my gosh, you guys are so yeah. Americanized. <laughs> but that's okay. That's what makes life fun, you know.
0: Um, you have offices all across the United States. What makes you stay in Cleveland most of the time?
3: Mm. My family's here. Ah. I love Cleveland. This is where I started out. Mm-hmm. And we have such good friends in this city. And one thing nice about Cleveland, especially in our communities, we see all work very well together. We don't need to show off. We still do our potluck. Normally, you know, when you're in New York or Chicago, all the rich Asians or rich whatever, they want to show off. They want to do this and that and tell you who they are. Here is like whatever. You know, we'll just have our potluck and then you go shopping. It's just home.
1: Mm-hmm. Cleveland's yeah. a
3: really nice city.
1: That's yeah. great. Margaret, you wrote the book. Yes. Yes, and I, I read that book. Would you like you to? You did. Tell? I did. I read oh, it about. You. I uh, you he's a fan. <laughs> oh, thank you. I read it about a year ago. Oh, thank you. Because any anything immigration related, I, I still, I I had a long journey before I became an American citizen. So it it more than ten years. So for me, immigration stories interest me. Well, so, tell
0: us a little bit about this book. Did it? Did it have stories in there? Was this like? There's a, a lot of stories. Is it instructional? About Mar- okay,
1: it's it's about Margaret's uh, beginnings in life, and he, she gives a lot of advices. And I like to suggest that a lot of um, our listeners read the book, even if you're you, even if you were born here, because if you were born here, it give you an understanding of uh, an immigrant's life from hmm. the point of uh, Margaret. Um, unfortunately, I forget the title.
3: It's called Immigrant's Way. It's very. It's really divided into three parts. The first part is about anecdotes, my story, my friend's stories. The middle is very interesting. It talks about the history of all types of immigrants. How the Jewish people came to America. How the Chinese came under the Exclusion Act. Uh, as I said earlier, the Color Quota Act. How the Irish came. How the Germans came. How it's weird because you would think oh, you know, uh, only the, the Asians and the Mexicans um, hijacked the conversation on the President Obama's executive order, uh, you know, the being illegal or legal or undocumented. Mm-hmm. But it's very much everybody. It's just the Mexican people are very loud on this and because of their voting block. Then the third section of the book really talks about the legal issues, how to do certain cases. This is really, as I said earlier, it's not about filling forms anymore. Everything is on the Internet. And I teach in a law school. I teach at uh, the immigration course in Case Western Law School. I always tell my kids that, my students that, that is how you think. We all have equal opportunity and knowledge now. You Google something. You ask Siri, oh, what is 245i? <laughs> you know, wh- uh, what's the difference between a Mexican and, uh, and a Cuban? You know, what's, why Mexican grandparents have citizenship? They cannot become a citizen if a Canadian grandparents are citizen most of the grandchildren became citizens so you can always ask Siri but it's from these examples how do you do the last case you have because as a lawyer I know that you know if you win that case they always remember you they, they're they nice if I lose that one case I mean I felt terrible you know because it's people's lives it's, it's just difficult so you really have to keep learning and it's a very complicated even I think it's a very complicated area of the law,
0: I have to confess i didn't I didn't read the book, so oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it now that I know what's in there, yeah. but d- is there anything I'll from send the it book to you. yeah, oh yeah, uh if our listeners want to get uh, their hands on a copy of the book, do you know where they can get it?
3: Oh, they can just call my office. We give it out for free now hmm. um it's two one six five six six nine nine zero eight, or just go to our web and just send me an email. I'll send it out and give us your address. the web is i m dot com so it's like I M W O N G dot com. Okay. We will send it to you. It's not a problem. Yeah. And can they pick it up at your office? Which oh, I, yes. Yes, of course. Yeah. Okay. It's on 3150 Chester. It's next to Cleveland State University. So that's, that's right. the Cleveland office. How about the other offices, New York or oh, Columbus? Oh, yes. yes they can so it's available at all your yeah, offices. offices. Okay,
2: great. And we have the Korean version. We have
3: two Chinese versions. Oh, oh great. Right. I, I saw that. I yeah. saw that. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, so it's just really a
1: good. short drive from downtown. Yeah. Oh, wow! And, uh, I didn't know it was translated. Yeah, it's That's close really good. To oh, yeah. yeah. Coco Bakery and a lot of Chinese restaurants. So after you pick up the book, <laughs> go, go read. to the bakery. <laughs> go read at the Cocoa Bakery or go to uh, Hanshu Wu- Wong Sunan well, or Liwa or. Coco uh, Bakery Bowman.
0: has that bookshelf. Maybe they already have a copy there. You could borrow. No, they don't. Oh. They
2: don't. <laughs> Maybe we should. <laughs> I think you should get some a copy, copy there. there. Yes. Right. We and a in a the copy. different, all the different forms. The funny
1: thing is, sometimes it's there. And then it disappears.
2: Really? <laughs> yeah, Maybe he will come back. It. <laughs> take a book, leave a book, right? Yes. <laughs> it's
3: they got their own little mini library. <laughs> right? yeah.
0: They
1: do, they do.
3: Because Donna harm's daughter-in-law started Cocoa Bakery and just sold it. Oh yeah. Then she would call and say, "Margaret, can I have some copies of your book?" So we put it there. Interesting. Then every time she I'd say, hi we just gave you so we lost it." So yeah. like, yeah. People bring it. Yeah. I think they yeah. get mesmerized and take it home. Yeah, that's okay. It doesn't. It's really buy a foreigner to a foreigner to not lose hope. Because a lot of people, especially in the past 15 years, mm-hmm. it's getting so difficult, people are just giving up. Oh, and wow. the whole cool thing is don't give up. Because if people like me got it, it took me years to get my green card and my citizenship. We all went through hell to get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all have our own stories. That's it's correct. just we don't talk about it, you know, because we're ashamed, we're embarrassed by it. Mm-hmm. So, But the more we talk about it, the more people will understand, mainstream will understand It's not easy to get a green card, and they're so Mm -hmm. blessed to be born here.
0: And you were mentioning that there's a lot of changes uh, to immigration law recently, um, after 9-11 especially. Can you tell us some of the changes that a lot of people would overlook? I mean, obviously there's tighter security, but is there anything in particular that any
3: immigrants who might be listening to the show might not know? Right, because, for example, a lot of uh, Taiwan people came. People from Taiwan have no asylum. Mm -hmm. People from China have asylum because one-child policy, uh, against the Communist Party, Falun Gong, all those are asylum grounds. So a lot of Taiwan people used to misrepresent and say, I'm from PRC. Mm -hmm. Because people don't know the difference. It's Chinese. Mm -hmm. And also when President Bush, the older Bush, um, when Tiananmen Square started, he came up with a new executive action, giving 100,000 Chinese green cards, Mm -hmm. including the J visa. So Kids like you guys, your parents would have come after nineteen seventy nine to about nineteen eighty nine Most of those people either come on a J because in those days it's very hard to get student visa the F visas or the tourist visa. You either come on a J or you came illegally so most most people from Fujio and Wanzo would come illegally, but those people who have ties to Mao Shidong or ties to Hong Kong or they'll escape to the Hong Kong mm-hmm. in sixty five to sixty seven and after two or three years, save money and come to America on a J visa because they have some, some ties. For
1: our listeners who don't know what it is, a J1 visa is a non immigrant visa issued by the United States to exchange visitors participating in programs <laughs> that promote cultural exchange, especially to obtain medical hey, or business Alex, training. How do
3: you know all this? Yeah. Ah, Google. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Did God, you just Google so this? So See, Googled that's it. what I mean. <laughs> if you are a student, <laughs> I would say. Absolutely. You just take one minute, you know, you Google, but then how do you get a J? After you come with a J, how do you get a waiver if you need a waiver, aside from President Bush like 20 years ago? See, these are things that a good lawyer comes in. And Alex, I'm glad you just googled it because for people who doesn't know what a change. I used to
1: know all the visas when I was younger, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but when I became an American citizen, say, hey, I forgot about
3: it. You can <laughs> Google need to know it anymore. Anymore. <laughs> It's just like riding a bike; you'll always stay with us. I always, I always <laughs> That's right. do. That's right. And every morning, I mean, not maybe not every every once or every week I thank God I say at least I'm in America when I get depressed when I'm unhappy when I'm like what am I doing in this world I tell myself wow at least you're in America you're an American citizen nobody can take it away from you mm-hmm. you know and Which you still you nice. still
1: think that way Margaret
3: oh, even though yes. you've been
1: here for a long time oh, and yes. sometimes it seeps into your mind and then you just have to remind yes. yourself that that's
3: right because I remind because I work with people that's very depressed and very sad and is aggravated is angry it's whatever they are And I remind them. And children, like I have people now in their 30s that came when they were young, and Mm. now they're blaming their parents that they don't speak English, they never got them a green card, now they have no paper. And I tell them, whoa, 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 don't blame them. You should thank them for letting you come to America. Without you coming, you won't be who you are today. Mm -hmm. It's really sort of sad. you know. It's a community within a community.
1: Mm. Immigration always brings tension to a family. Right. Because you know, if you're somewhere in between and you're waiting for your papers, mm. y- there's tension. You don't know what's going to happen. Right. Because I remember when I was um, H uh, one visa, and in '92, and uh, during the Clinton administration, the government shut down. Oh yeah. I was left in limbo. I was <laughs> I was in a <laughs> in between state, and uh, luckily, immigration said, "Oh, government shut down, so you're you're okay." But, yeah. You're
3: lucky because we have a client from Mexico. The sequestration was going to shut down. I still remember that was a Tuesday. So Monday, there were rumors that it will be shut down any hour now, any minute now. He went to immigration to report because everybody have to go to immigration to report if they have no papers. And people don't know that. The immigration people actually make a lot of money by people who have no documents to come in reporting because they make money over time. There's also an ankle bracelet program that they report like every Monday. So the ankle bracelet private company makes like, I don't know, $20 each report. So they make all these people come once every week. So the wow. more mo- they wow. come, the more money this. they report. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of I've subcontractors and contractors. And also there's a quota. Every night, 34,000 beds has to be filled by ICE with all those illegal people. Wow. So and why do they have to fill the beds? Because the government, the private contractors have to make money. They were overbuilding these jail cells in Texas and Florida and California. So every night these poor people who doesn't have lawyers, they go to jail, they get picked up, they put in jail because that's a quota. So someone can make some money from these people. Wow! Yeah. ICE
0: is um, immigration <laughs> customs
1: enforcement. For those right. who don't know. Oh, really? Yes, awesome. yes ICE. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
0: So, right. So, what do you hope to
3: see change for the better in the future when it comes to immigration? I think for, uh, the the good news is most actually after September 11th, most people who could afford it are not coming to America. They much prefer to come to Europe. You know, to stay in home country or go to other countries like China, mm-hmm. you see a lot of foreign people now working in Hong Kong and China, mm-hmm. and Singapore and stuff because they actually make better money there than in America. Wow! wow. So the That's interesting, the, to me. right? So the past fifteen years, they're not coming as much. Okay. Even the calls in my office now, instead of like even three years ago, people they have children, they want to stay in America. They already have deportation. Have to do a motion to reopen. Have to get them green cards. Lately, most calls are from new people who came. How could they stay so the kids can go to school? Mm -hmm. Or from very old people in the 40s or 50s that have deportation, just want to stay and claim and hopefully get their social security because they paid into the system. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: So there's not that much going in between. Mm -hmm. That's why as I get more into the practice... From the calls I get every day, I sort of know where America is coming and mm-hmm. going. Because if the economy is down, people don't stay here anymore. They couldn't get jobs. They couldn't get driver's licenses. They couldn't get jobs. They couldn't get social. Why are they staying in America? Exactly what mid myth- Romy is ta- talking about yeah to self-deport and to go home yourself
1: okay wow
3: so there's a lot, a lot of, of
1: issues pressure. in uh, immigration and uh, some people try to do it by themselves and I always recommend <laughs> to people hire a lawyer and go to Margaret Wong if not well what about you know? the people
0: who are anxious like how much I mean can we talk money how much would it cost for just anybody to walk the
3: in? it really depends okay. like the like the dream act kids if they have no criminal record no deportation just came when they're very young they mm-hmm. don't need a lawyer oh okay or the DAPA kids uh, President Obama on November 20th came in, came up with a new set of executive action. Mm-hmm. If you have American-born kids, if you came to America before January 1st of 2010, if you have no criminal record, you can get a work permit. Mm-hmm. So those people, I recommend, they don't. if they come to me, I'll say, you know, this is the other forms, you just do it. You don't own their lawyer because it's stupid if I do it because then they'll go out there and tell people, oh, she took my money but it's so easy. (laughs) (laughs) So really, in the long run, it doesn't... That's why I think it's a misconception, the public think, oh, the immigration lawyers are making money, the jail people are making money, you know, Mm -hmm. because in the long run, actually, once these people are shielded and protected the world become a better place because they won't. Because right now they're driving without a license, mm-hmm. so they're always scared they don't have money to pay a fine. Mm-hmm. But once you give them a driver's license, they can afford to go out there and buy a nice car. They can afford to buy insurance. They can afford to just even fly on a plane. So right. the economics of the country would go up because okay. of that. Now they can afford to buy a house, you know, because they are not scared anymore. Otherwise, they use someone's name and that mon- that person took away their money and their house or not buy the. Yeah. There's really, this is culture there that's bad mm-hmm.
1: yeah. But I guess it's time to ask our uh,
0: Our ending question of Our the ending question <laughs> of And I would like
1: to hear her answer I'm would, excited would to hear Would you like
0: it. the honor of asking the question? Sure All right, um,
1: Margaret We'd like to ask you If you um, What's your favorite Asian dish And if you would cook it for all of us <laughs>
3: <laughs> <I> <laughs> He love, added the second part? I would love to I love Yangzhou fried rice, but mm. not with that much shrimp. But I love uh, salty fish. I know it sounds gross. <laughs> I like to cook it, I cook what's the salty the wang, fish. Is first. it the
1: Wangchu? What's, what's, that? what's uh, that? Yangzhou of? fried Yangchow. rice.
3: Because it has like green onions has shrimp, and shrimp. It has a little bit of uh, you know meat. It's all mm. the leftovers. You just fry it together. But you want to fry like the eggs separately and then put on oh. a plate. You fry the meat separately put on a plate. Right. So you fry the eggs separately. I, I yes. thought you just <laughs> drop <laughs> you it with it. the rice. Yeah. Oh. And then you cook the rice, but it should be overnight rice because then it it's not as mushy. Uh huh.
1: Do you and just then, leave it in the open or do you put it in the fridge?
3: Uh we <laughs> put it in the fridge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know that was a characteristic of it uh, right the nice. fried,
0: like uh, separating all the ingredients and then oh, yeah, putting yeah. It yeah I,
3: I didn't know too because that's so how
0: my mother makes it but I, I didn't know that that was a particular recipe I just thought <laughs> it was how you're supposed to I make would yeah. try to do it that they way put yeah. everything,
3: that's why it's very mushy yeah, I mean, yeah. soya sauce I would not even put soya sauce mm-hmm. I would just put a dash of salt maybe a little little bit of sugar I know it sounds gross do you mm. oh it's not uh, no it's hmm. not. yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> when you cook when
1: you put it um, also you don't use soy
3: sauce. I would not use soy sauce, but the young people like soy sauce. So it's it's different. <laughs> now. I think the Chinese Americans have taken that authentic recipe that
2: we usually have with whatever's left over in your fr- fridge because that's really what <laughs> fried rice is about. Right. But right, right, then now is. it's like such so soy sauce laden that it's like it's too yeah. salty.
1: My my fried yeah. rice is uh, garlicky. I use a lot of garlic and soy sauce and no salt because I try Good to avoid you. salt. So it's just uh, pepper, lots of garlic, uh, Powdered garlic and fresh garlic, I mixed them all together.
0: Good for you. If you ever eat with Alex, you kind of have to be like a big brother or sister and watch out for him. <laughs> I can have always to, watch I, it. I, anybody out there listening, if you ever find yourself eating with Alex, if he starts eating your brown sugar, let just know that he's diabetic and you have to take it away from Those him. Those are
2: good. The hard heart heart wants, <laughs> the hard he won't, he won't stop sugar. eating.
3: <laughs> yep. I, I had to rip it from his hand.
0: It's he so just, good. Just, I'm like, you stop eating that. Aww. I was like,
3: do you have your insulin? <laughs> but Alex, you're such a kind man that God will be watching out for you. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you, yes. Miss Margaret.
3: <laughs> so, yes. what is the saltfish? Yeah. The saltfish, xian you.
2: Oh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's saltfish. Okay, and
3: this level of niceness, the saltfish, normally when I buy saltfish, because we don't cook it that often, I buy the very nice ones so because it lasts for two or three years just put it in underneath with all the fruits mm-hmm. and then when you need it just you know take it out the salt fish lasts two to three
1: years it's preserved yes yeah. It's yeah. Pre- all preserved. I like the yeah.
3: It's very, it's
0: <laughs> very flavorful yeah, like, I, yeah. I don't know I mean it's, it's just salt on it right I don't know why but it has so much flavor that's yeah. right Yeah. but anyway thank you so much Margaret for coming in being a part of our show ladies and gentlemen we hope you enjoy OCA's Asia Town Voice and we'll catch you next week see ya
1: bye
3: bye bye